Just a reminder, everyone, the topics covered in this podcast are general in nature. They haven't taken into account your personal circumstances, and it's important to seek personal financial advice if you want to address any of the subject matter. Hello, welcome to our Money Men episode, Beverage with an Expert. And today with me I have Luke, who's usually pops up yep. on these. Hey, and, uh, g'day Luke. And our uh, property specialist, Andrew Caprillion. Hey, g'day. how's it going? Yeah, good thanks, mate. Oh, good good to have good. you back in. Thanks, mate. You were last in with us, what, about uh, five or six months ago? Yeah, so I think it was just after the, uh, the uh, COVID mm. issues. And um, yeah, basically we had a bit of a stall in the market at that point. And uh, yeah, it was just starting to turn back on at that point, I think. So yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. We've decided to lo- loosen ourselves up with a real beverage today. So yep. beer and a Canadian club, and, um, but we're only having one. So well, we won't get too messy. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Afterwards. Um, so you've yeah you've had about eight or nine years experience now selling residential real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, what uh, I think last time you had about two hundred and fifty sales and over a hundred million dollars worth of uh, property sold. Probably uh, two fifty sales, so you're probably over three fifty five hundred now. Hey, hey, take it easy. No, no, not that much. It's about two six five or something like that. Yeah, yeah. so So you've got a long history in the in the local Newcastle, Lake Macquarie area Mm -hmm. in selling property. Um, You're a multiple award winner. Uh, We might. We might add another in another episode ask you to just go through all your awards, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, that'll probably take us 40, oh. 40 50 minutes. Come on, Steve. Don't be You're a local, local lad, and uh, you're just telling me that you've uh, just picked up the keys to your new property at Warners Bay. Yeah, yeah. so I think mm. when I was last here, I was building or just mm. getting into mm. it, and um, yeah, we've actually just finished, so um, yeah, it's good good timing. It was yeah. almost exactly when we started, and um, yeah, now yeah. we're on the other side, so. That's awesome, good I news, mean, yeah. Good it's, Christmas It's present. good, except you're painting trims, so yeah. you know, yeah. we're up to 24 trims today, so yeah, um, yeah, yeah sounds, good fun. Sounds like fun. <laughs> can't, can't you employ people to do that? Or? Look, you probably can, <laughs> but, but uh, you know, you're you're right. Right. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Um, all right, you've got a couple of dogs, haven't you? Um, two dogs. Two dogs. And what, are, what else are the right here? And you're an all-around good guy. All right? Thanks, so, mate. Yeah, Thanks. That, that pretty well sums you up. So, uh, <laughs> so welcome, mate. Um, we're going to talk today, obviously, about the property market. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the local property market, that's your backyard and our backyard. Uh, so, for those international and national listeners, uh, you know, our local market is you know, Newcastle, Lake Macquarie. Mm-hmm. Um, but you might be able to give us a bit of a, a hand around understanding what's happened maybe in other, other markets mm-hmm. you know, around the country. Um, if you can't, you can't, but you've probably got some, um, some a little, little bit of insight into that. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me, mate, um, what's your, been your experience of the market over the past five or six months since we, since we did talk? And what we, you know, just remind us what you were thinking uh, back then too, what, what you thought you know, this period might have brought us. Sure. So, so at that point in time, we were coming out of a pretty tough market and I think we maybe ideal, I think we just out of pure, pure chance caught up pretty much straight yeah. after um, we started to see the market turn mm. to the positive. Um, at that point in time, we were finding that auctions were starting to move a little bit better. Uh, we were finding properties were starting to sell again. 
but to what extent we didn't know. Um, you know, during the COVID period, which was sort of February to, to April, May, um, there was a period there where things just stalled, completely yeah, stalled. Total and, uncertainty, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, it was, it was terrible. So yeah. there was probably an eight-week period there yeah. where we didn't know if we were going to make sales this year. It was mm. quite wild. Yeah. But um, with where we're at today, um, so a lot has changed since then. Um, I think at, the point, at that point in time, we predicted that the market was actually going to come back on. Mm. And at that point, there'd been some record sales nearby as well, which was the uh, the top end of town. There was a couple of uh, big sales, like three point five million on the waterfront. Um, there was a two point seven five in Spears Point at that point in time, mm-hmm. and those numbers we hadn't seen before. Now, with where we're at. We've actually seen that translate further into that top end of the market. Um, We've actually found that there's now what I would call precedent set. So, you know, an odd result here or there doesn't really count as a, you know, a a market changer. Mm -hmm. But when you start to see half a dozen or you start to see 12 sales that look very similar, then you can be sure there's at least some people out there prepared to buy in that bracket. And um, we've actually sent a few sales like that nearby and that sort of reinforced that thought on on the higher end being too cheap mm-hmm. around here um, and also undervalued relative to, say, the Newcastle market yeah. or Newcastle CBD. So it was quite a big shift. Um, we've actually seen 1.8 sales, you know, 1.6 since then, which still those numbers are, are pretty unheard of around here which is good dill care is getting three million dollar sales again in valentine um which we haven't seen for a while but it's really starting to creep back into the threes again um and just really you know your standard cookie cutter family home um you know nice and new modern might have a couple of living areas right Um, those now are in excess of sort of one two to one four plus that's kind of where it's at today Um, in the family market um, so if you look at the next tier down from that there's also quite a bit of strength in that market as well Um, that wasn't present when we last caught up so We've actually seen that probably rise up to 10%. Now, mm-hmm. that's not just for Lake Macquarie. That's the Mayfield market. You know, you talk about North Lambtons, they're going through the roof. Yeah. Uh, Garden Suburbs, one of the recent sales I made was quite massive. Um, I was telling you guys earlier just before we came on, but it was a 48% um, swing on price, and they bought it 12 months ago. Now, mm-hmm. Admittedly, they put 100k into it and they did a bit of work, yeah, yeah. but you talk about what was actually physically at the end. It mm. was um, it was quite an impressive result. But yeah. um, so, so so that is what what range between what six six hundred and a mil or is that what? Yeah, yeah. So the six to a mil bracket. Mm. Um, call it stock standard family. Yeah. Um, that's that's kind of where you see it. That might be mum and dad and two kids. Mm. Um, and strangely enough, at the moment, even the first home buy bracket's quite strong. So pretty much it's firing across all brackets at the moment, yeah. um, which we haven't seen for probably about three or three and a half years. Mm. So, mm. Um, yeah, it's looking really good at the moment. Mm. So, yeah. It's sort of um, weird, isn't it, when, uh, when there's been so much bad news and uncertainty mm. and you know, the press plays that up a lot. Yep. Um, but yeah, what does that tell us? It's probably telling us that you know, well, interest rates are low for starters, but, but people are actually feeling quite um, confident. Yeah, confident yeah, mm. and, and 
and probably stable, you know. So I guess if you haven't really been affected by in, in certain industries uh, and you and you know the industry that you're in has been um, reasonably well firing over the course of, of mm. the last six months, then you're going to be inclined to, to want to spend spend your money and uh, and do things. So hundred yeah. percent. The business is definitely up at the moment. Mm. Like I talk to tradies or mm. handymen. Mm. Yeah. You know, you talk to pretty much anyone mm. in the um, the home home trades. Yeah. We're finding there's a big swing to um, you know again being profitable. There actually mm. some of those guys were on the ropes last year. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you talk to these guys today and they're in a lot better shape and yeah. they've gone yeah. really well. Yeah. You know, most, so. business, most businesses, I guess, have, 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 yeah, most yeah. businesses have received some sort of. Um, you know, kick kick along from the government yeah. and, and the COVID incentives and um, and support. So, yeah, it's good. There's money floating around, and then that translates to uh, people buying property, doesn't it? Hundred percent. And you were saying last time that you know you were saying that there's a shortage of stock, which obviously usually means that um, you know there's a push towards upward upward price movements. Mm-hmm. Um, how's the stock at the moment? Is it tending to be the same story? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, mm-hmm. stock's still almost as low as what it was yeah. just coming out of that COVID period. So um, what's changed a lot, The any supply that's effectively come on has actually been hit with local buyers, but we've actually found Sydney buyers, especially this year, mm-hmm. after the COVID period, they're moving to work remotely yeah, now. Realise they can so, work remotely and then they, yeah, they can live in a regional area. 100%, yeah. yeah. So that's changed an awful lot uh, from where it was pre-COVID to post-COVID, so mm-hmm. there's been a big swing in, in Sydney-based buyers based on remote work. Yeah. Um, to the extent, my, my last three sales are Sydney-based buyers, yeah. so they haven't okay. been local. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the one before that was a local buyer. They live in Cardiff. They've bought a block of land to build in Bullaroo. Um, and then my other buyer, other than that, was a developer. So, mm-hmm. you know, you talk about the last five sales, three of them have actually come from Sydney. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, yeah really quite yeah. amazing. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so still good value up here compared to Sydney. It yeah. is, it is, but it is getting closer. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it keeps pushing. But it's more about lifestyle here too because mm-hmm. it's not necessarily just about the, um, the dollars and cents for them. It's actually about the slower life. It's about actually you know enjoying themselves Um, we're finding they're not actually afraid to spend at the moment it's more so about a lifestyle change that is the reason why they're actually physically coming down here Mm. if they don't have to be in Sydney they don't want to be in Sydney it's interesting so yeah yeah. so you mentioned that you know most um, price brackets are are active and and, and quite buoyant at the moment Um, and we know that a lot of people sort of first home buyers and people, you know, upgrading or changing their, their style of living. What about investors? Are investors in the market at the moment? So they're not yet, but I do expect you'll probably see a swing next year. Um, so with where we're at at the moment, you're actually seeing rental yields increase. Mm-hmm. Um, rental, if you, if you go to rent today, yeah. as opposed to last year, you know, it could be up forty to fifty dollars mm-hmm. um, from a, a three eighty home, a three eighty per week home, yeah. to now a four twenty or four thirty home. So, mm-hmm. there's actually been a fifty dollars swing a week um, for some homes. Um, so I think it's it's also a lack of, a lack of stock. So I think mm. what's actually happened over the last few years, there's been a real dry up of investors. Um, mm. There's been less and less coming into the market, um, just purely because they were uncertain about where things were going to go. 
Um, basically, what that's what's occurred there, some of those have now sold on, they've moved them on. We've also got people transitioning from Sydney, Central Coast, you know, locally they're still moving to the central hubs. Um, and I think that what that's doing is actually pushing the demand up. Um, you know, the supply is not there for the rentals yeah. and the demand's actually going through the roof. So um, that's actually pushing, yeah, putting a lot of pressure on um, rising rent, um, yeah. which is making it tough for the tenants. But if you actually talk about from a investor point of view, I do see it returning to being attractive yeah. in the mm-hmm. near term. Yeah. So, so you think um, they'll follow suit with- the rest of the trend yeah i think they will if you if you now look at what you can get for a yield you know if you buy a you know you can still buy homes for 550 600 if you know where to look they're hard to find but you can still find them crazy to think yeah you know hard to find a half a million dollar home in newcastle but you know it's changed so quickly it is insane (laughs) and when you talk about it right my my i don't know what steve's first home was but mine was 220 you know Far less than that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm a bit older than you. Yeah, and you talk about that and you go, right, well, where are we today? Half a million is your entry mm. almost now. Yeah. So even on those homes, you'll still return a 420 to 450 a week rent. Yeah. You're still talking about potentially a 4.2% yield or a 45 and you can borrow for 3%, which we were discussing earlier too. There's not a huge, um, you know, there's not a huge interest rate um, liability yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or barrier to yeah, yeah. to actually get in. So, um, yeah, it's starting to look probably more profitable for investors to possibly yeah. come back and have a look. So, yeah. So, you know, we know that your playground is a local market, but yep. what, are, what are you hearing about, you know, things nationally? So, you know, capital, other capitals and major regional centres and, and, and the country generally? Yeah, so I actually haven't heard too much about Sydney and Melbourne lately. Um, I think last time we were here we discussed those two markets. Um, with the, in saying that, Queensland, I've heard, has a lot of interstate buyers going to it at the moment. Okay. So they're actually jumping borders and, and mm-hmm. buying in through Queensland at the moment. Um, the other thing uh, that's actually been predicted, and again, we were talking about this before, analysts and mm-hmm. whether they're right or wrong is not always the case, but uh, often, often, wrong. Often, <laughs> often wrong, really right. But uh, there's actually a prediction of potentially a little mini super boom coming again. Mm-hmm. So 2022, 23 and 24 in the property market yeah. actually been um, looked at as potentially the next boom cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, regional. Like, do you think those, those yeah? Like yeah, so, so, so the projections there are actually Darwin, Perth, and I think what the reason why you're going to see that, they've actually been beaten up quite a lot over the last few years. Um, and where we're at at the moment, there's a lot of spending going on from government. Yeah. If you talk about that happening in China, that means infrastructure. Mm. If they're building and doing infrastructure, yeah. they're buying minerals. Yeah. If they're buying minerals, that's Perth and Darwin market, right? And they're so, kind of like base to begin with. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. And because they were so beaten up, I think yeah. that's why you might see a run there. Yeah. But um, whether that's stable over the long term or not, or just a short term increase, it's really hard to say. You know, it's mm. um, it's tough. The other one is Queensland. Queensland's been quite one for a, for a long time. It's had low growth. Yeah. 
Um, I do suspect that you'll find, given that New South Wales is getting so dear, um, you may find there'll be a jump of borders and you'll find a price increase possibly in those interstate uh, pockets as well. So, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. interesting times, isn't it? Um, Now, won't hold you to it. And you have spoken a little bit about uh, what you know, the next 12 months or few years might bring. But, yep. um, but what's your sense of, uh, of what the market will do, let's say the local market, over the next 12 months? Yep. So at the moment, I think there's a couple of things that we need to be wary of. So I'll raise that first before I start throwing yeah. out some yeah. wild uh, predictions. So... As you know, money is quite cheap at the moment. Mm-hmm. People are borrowing to the hilt at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what you would probably look for at the moment if you're trying to get a guide on whether it's going to continue is continued growth in that space. If mm-hmm. we do see the banks still continuing to lend, I think that's a good sign. Mm-hmm. If you find that they start tightening their policies again, um, you know, if you start to see that uh, people are starting to default on credit or you're seeing the the late or latent payments starting yeah. to rise, I think that would hint that we're starting to get to a point where it's possibly ballooned too much. Mm-hmm. But in saying that, with where we're at at the moment, I actually do think it's going to increase. So I think at this stage, I'm probably predicting about a 5% increase locally mm-hmm. again yep. for next year, um, possibly even the year after. Um, but I'm saying it with a grain of salt. It has moved very, very nicely over the last 12 months, and whether it continues at the current pace, I don't know. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I do think it's a strong market. I look at it as 2016, um, which was kind of the market we've had previous. Um, We've also discussed, I think we did this last time, Steve, we talked about the year after recession sometimes Mm. is actually one of the strongest years that you see yeah. so markets, yeah. yeah so we had a bit of a chat about that as well and I, I think there's potential that there could be a couple of years growth still ahead yeah. um, but there are some headwinds or risks yeah. um, that yeah, could yeah. potentially come into yeah. play yeah. You know? as yeah. usual with, yeah. with any sort of um, growth asset there are risks out there you know um, yeah so I, a question I often get asked and I'll just throw it back to this um, Plenty of people ask me at the moment, when's the best time to buy? Is it now or should I wait and see what happens? Yeah. Right. What, what, I've got my thoughts on that, but what, what do you think? You know, yeah, so, so my thoughts are always now. Um, I'm a big avid... Um, I'm a big advocate for that. So for, for me, a lot of the time, and I, I talk about this to Jackie, my wife, all the yeah. time. We have a, have a discussion about it, but... If I didn't buy my first house when I was 20, Mm. that was too dear at the time. People, I said, I don't know how I'm going to afford this ride and how I'm going to actually make it work. Um, 220, right? And we're now at, what, five or 600 before you even start. It's insane. It's three times as much. Um, You know, if I didn't buy my next one and go up 20%, I wouldn't have been where I'm at today. So... You know, if I didn't take the gamble and build the house when I built the house, I probably wouldn't be able to do that today. So I talk about all these things. Sometimes it's better to actually put your foot forward. Look, worst case scenario, you get stuck, you sell it, right? It's not a big deal. Or you rent it out and make sure you bought a solid investment or asset and you can basically cover the liability that way. So you don't necessarily have to put yourself in 
you know, a weak mm. position yeah. just because you got it wrong. But on the same token, if you're not putting your foot forward, you're never going to get ahead, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. so it's like paralysis <laughs> by analysis. It is, mm. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, yeah and let's face it, for, for, yeah, it's a big buying decision when you're buying property, isn't it? hundred percent, yeah. So it is quite easy to get caught up in the what-ifs and, hey, what if I get it wrong? And, and it's now the right time. And how make the yeah. decision, mm. yeah. But it is interesting, and your point, Andrew, was, um, you know, you paid a lot for your first place at two twenty, um, and even if you had to pay ten percent too much, yeah, you know, too much is the wrong term. Yeah, but if you had yeah, to pay ten percent more than you, you thought you should have at the time, yes, it's really inconsequential now, isn't it? That's right. It doesn't matter at all. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting. My views on how I buy today are very mm. different to back then. Mm. I yeah. was so wary of potentially price, spending. Price, you're you know, so price sensitive. Back you were, and and um, even with you, Luke. I know you bought yours not too long ago, yeah, and it's, it's the um, yeah, and, and yeah. You are so price sensitive. Yeah, you're talking, you know, you're splitting hairs over five or ten thousand dollars, and you look at it in the scheme of things, and you know, you know, over a period of time, and you go, why, why, why did I waste the energy on that? Oh, it doesn't, it um, doesn't move away from the fact that, you know, if you're going to be buying anything, then you need to buy wisely. Yes. So you don't, you don't want to pay 800000 for a $650,000 property. Um, so you don't want to be stupid about it, but, um, you know, um, buying wisely and, and properly and at value is good. Um, how, how do buyers do that, mate? How, how, What's the secret to that? Glad you asked. I've actually got some rules on that. So, yeah, it's just um, this is the ethos I've used a yeah. lot for my mm. buying. So, with that there, um, I'm big around infrastructure spend. So, um, to give you a bit of a guide, and I'll, I'll give you examples for each. So, when I bought, when I, um, bought my house in Abermain, right, I bought it for 192 It was a cheap you know, free better in the back streets of Abermain. Mm. Abermain was a suburb that was never spoken about, never mm. talked about. Probably no one knows where it is. It's in the backwaters of, you know, Maitland. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the reason why I actually bought that was off the expressway. So I knew the expressway was actually going in. It was yeah. in construction mode at that point in time. In the end, I actually sold that maybe a little too soon, but I actually made 20% on that transaction in the space of two years. Um, that was off the back of the expressway buy. So, you know, that was one thing, um, the reason why I did it. You know, I own a little bit of commercial as well, so I got one at Mayfield West. I bought that on the basis that the light rail was going in and there was a lot of high-rise units going in, so I actually bought storage on the basis of that. Um, in effect, the two options I had was either buy units, which I thought there was an excess supply yeah. at the time, and I didn't like it as much. Um, in the end, I actually went exploring for other avenues and landed on commercial storage, so that's that's where I ended up there. But that there has actually really served me well. The the, the yields have gone up in that space, um, and also the capital, um, you know, you talk about the actual asset price, it's increased a lot too. Mm. And um, finally, I actually like positive, positively geared properties, not negative. Um, they've served me well over the years works. too. So, um, you know, I've always I've always tried to ensure my bills are at least covered or then some. Um, I'm kind of at a space now where the positively geared's good. I'll probably go one more positive. 
at which point I'll then be starting to see, seek uh, capital gains, um, which doesn't necessarily go hand in hand mm. with the yields. Yep. Yeah. Um, but that will probably be my my next step in yeah. in the journey. Once yep. I get down there, five or ten years, that'll that'll be the next play I'll take. So um, yeah, that's yeah. Um, that's a few of my rules, and mm-hmm. that's that's served me well over the over the years. So yeah. what, what mistakes to um, homeowners make when they're looking to buy a home? The biggest mistake is actually letting it get away sometimes. So um, I actually agree with yeah. your comment sometimes over five or ten thousand dollars. If you've actually if you can see value in that and it's located in a good location, you know, you've got good rental returns coming in, or even if it's not around rental returns, right, and it's your family home. Yeah. If that's in an established area that's quite well liked, missing it for five or ten is inconsequential. You yeah. just don't do it. Um so I've seen plenty miss out and they've been in the market. You see them at the open homes, right? We just see them floating around, but sometimes they can be looking for two or three years yeah. for the next time because yeah. they missed the one that they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And um, in that time, it's actually increased 10 or 15%. Mm. The mm. other thing it actually does, it actually forces them into making bad decisions. Mm. Because they go, oh no, I want to miss my one. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They go, oh no, we're in a, you know, we're in we bad form. Call, and, you know, yeah, this one. We need to buy something. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, it's gone up five percent, and yeah. you know, we need to get in. So um, yeah, all of a sudden, they buy something. Yeah. You know, five or ten grand. They were, they were arguing about two years ago is inconsequential. It doesn't make sense. So yeah, that's a big one for me as well. I think um, not missing out, and if you miss out make sure that you still stick to the criteria yeah. in which you want to buy, yeah. not necessarily just buy the next thing that comes along no, and, you yeah. know, go go from there just to try and make it fit, you yeah. know. So, yeah. You're the sort of go between between a, a seller and a buyer. Yep. You would have seen some, some interesting negotiations, wouldn't you? But, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they always vary um, just depending on uh, – there's all sorts of things mm. that can sort of occur there, yeah. but – um, most of the time, as long as it's mutual, yeah. um, you find generally if you can find a stable base with both parties, it actually makes it a lot easier to talk to both sides. That transparency, transparency and communication actually goes a long way into getting the price right. So sometimes when I speak to the buyers, I can go, hey, guys, you need to pay another five. It's not going to happen otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'll go, right, oh, Andrew, well, no worries, we'll do it. Yeah. Um, if I didn't have that trust built by being honest and transparent through the start yeah. of that process, and, and and by that I don't mean giving too much away, but yeah, just being course. clear about the yeah. rules. Um, on the provider, you're still clear about the rules and you're transparent. You'll find you can build that trust and, yeah. and get the promise up too. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. Mm. You're worth every dollar you get paid. Oh, thanks, sure. mate. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> That might be the beer talking, Steve. I don't know. So, so how can uh, sellers get best results? So, if you're selling your home, um, how can you ensure that you get the best result possible? Mm. Obviously, you you rely a lot on an agent to help you do that, but what what are the things that you can do as a seller to position your property um, and, and your proposition wisely and, and get the best, best dollar. Yeah, so so we talked a little bit about it last time. Mm-hmm. I think it's there's an element now. My, my view a couple of years ago has changed and this is the, the beauty of experience and selling mm-hmm. for a long time. Um, 
I'm big on making sure, especially this year, and this was pre-COVID as well as post-COVID, I was real big on making sure the presentation was 100% dead on Mm -hmm. because we'd just come from a market that had been extremely difficult to sell in if things weren't looking correct. So, you know, the reason for that is basically the buyers in 2018 and 2019 had the pick of the litter. They could Mm -hmm. choose whatever they wanted. And if your house didn't stand out over the next one, you just had no chance of selling. So... What that equates to today in a hotter market is generally a better price. That's what you now get for your presentation. Mm -hmm. But it ensures that if the market was to ever turn or you you found that, you know, you were trying to build momentum in the sale, presentation will definitely be a big one for that. The other big one, so is going to be marketing. So um, just making sure that you have professional photos, photography, making sure you're present on real estate and domain, top of page or as close to as you can get. Yeah. Um, I'm actually doing uh, retarget marketing to Sydney and Central Coast at the moment using video mm-hmm. at the moment as well. I'm finding it highly effective, so I'm mm-hmm. doing a lot of that at the moment too. And, um, yeah, they're probably the key things. If you can look after your marketing, get your price right and get that presentation right, Mm. hands down, your sale will go much easier than if you don't. So, so like, I mean, you know, it's a hot market at the moment, as you were just saying, Andrew, but the houses don't sell themselves. No. Um, No. They need someone to sell it for them and to get the right price. You need to make sure there's the right structure for sale is put in place. So when you yeah. talk about presentation, you, you know, you're talking about the lawns made, um, gardens look good, um, fresh coat of paint, um, staging. That, that's something that is fairly common these days, isn't it? That's yeah. correct. So staging is really lifting lately mm-hmm. and you'll find that it's important that if you want to achieve... Do- the thing is, in our market, right, it's very important. So mm-hmm. we talk about Warner's Bay or Lake Macquarie in general... Ellie Barner, Valentine, you know, it, it actually, that staging actually instills a sense that they want to live there. Yeah. Um, if they like it, they will overlook the minor concerns. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem is you don't have the staging in there. You can't show the space properly. Yeah. Um, they also pick up more imperfections as buyers, generally yeah. when you don't have the staging there, and they don't fall in love as yeah. much when you don't have it. So, so you haven't sold the dream. You know, no, that's right, that's right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, at the end of the day, you do want to actually present it in such a way that you might want to live in it if it was your dream home, yeah. right? Um, now, that's not just for that. If you mm. went to an investment property, right, and you, you looked at that, um, you know, you might not go to the effort of staging, but I would be making sure fresh coat of paint, fresh carpet, fresh mm. carpet yeah. your blinds are in good order, you know. It needs to be functional and livable yeah. Yeah. if you're not going to the full extent of yeah. spending $3,000 on staging. Yeah. So, well, an investor yeah. doesn't want to think that we're going to have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars to, you know, put carpets in and fix blinds and do all that sort of stuff yeah. you mentioned marketing um, the, obviously the internet is very powerful these days you mentioned domain and realestate.com is that where mm-hmm. most people go to look for starters yeah so it, so it still is at the moment um, yeah there's always talk you know some of my competitors love to throw out some pretty uh, outlandish numbers on buyer database buyers mm-hmm. um, you know tw- some of them say up to 30 to 50% of their buyers is off market it's mm-hmm. 
absolute farce. Um, If you actually talk about the numbers that I believe come from database as opposed to that, um, maybe 10% from database is realistic. Um, 90% would be from the web. And then I would say the other other elements of it will be just, you know, my numbers don't stack there, but it's the CC talking, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Don't mind me. <laughs> but the other 5%, right, is from other aspects of, um, you know, sale, whether it's signboard or whether it yeah. is retarget yeah. or, yeah. or whatever it might be. That's kind of where it comes from. Yeah, they might have been looking and the neighbour down the road has a sister that wants to buy, you know. You get a bit of that as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, largely, yes, real estate and domain. Yeah. And that's why getting your, your presentation right, getting your photos right, and getting your ad brief right are so mm. important mm. now. Yeah. Um, you will be judged on first impressions. It's mm. not um, not as if you get a second chance. Yeah, it's not so, a second chance. Yeah. It's interesting you just said that about the off market um, sales and. and <laughs> yeah, your view on the numbers. Yeah, <laughs> look, I, was, I always find that quite interesting. Actually, I look at it and go, oh. Wow. Well, pe- people enjoy the thought that they can have a buyer without physically actually going to market. Yeah. So a lot of them. And I'm, look, I'm not saying they're all. Look, I'm not saying they're all throwing the numbers right, but they might be. Yeah. But my true, my true, honest thoughts about it is the reality is yes, it's nice to do a soft touch and get them warmed yeah. up to the thought of going to market, which yeah. is what an off-market database type discussion yeah. is. Yeah. The reality is, if you talk about getting the genuine best price. I, can't, I don't believe you can claim you've got the best price unless you physically go to market. Yeah, There's yeah, no yeah. way you can identify what the best is before, before you've shown it. That's my argument. I just realised quickly, guys, we're talking about the concept of off-market and going on-market. Probably not everyone understands exactly the detail of that. Yeah. So just roughly, Kappa, um, just explain the difference. You know, you're sure. going to be in a good position to just explain the differences there. Sure, mate, sure. So off, off-market is a sale that doesn't necessarily hit the major web portals so it doesn't hit realestate.com.au or doesn't hit domain.com.au um, it may not even hit their web page right it may just be the fact they've got it silently listed it's sitting on their board and if they randomly stumble across a buyer that it might suit they'll take them through Um, an on-market sale is one that is on the web portals. It's displayed everywhere. Um, you're doing active up. pushes, mm-hmm. signs are up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what you're looking for is buyers to approach you physically coming to you based on what you're actually physically yeah. selling. And, so, And your point mm-hmm. there was how do you know you've got the best price if you haven't taken it to all the people who are willing to yeah. buy that property? Yeah. It's it's real simple unless you do that. I mean, you can make a judgment call sometimes with off market. You can make a judgment call based yeah. on comparable totally, sales, totally but yeah. you know, and, and you may do that, right? You've like got something that's sitting there for yeah. a while and you can't move it. But how do you know? You know, if it's a reasonably fresh piece of stock, um, how do you know you can get the best price if it's only been there for a short period of time and it's a uh, off market? Yeah. That that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes a lot of sense, and I, mm. you know, I was just thinking about it. And I always, I, you know, I see those things crop up on Facebook and advertise, yeah. and I actually think, oh, that's awesome. They've managed to actually sell this place and not even take it to market. Yes. But mm. hold on, let's just 
Yeah, yeah. How, how is that price? Yeah, is that price good? And there'd, be, there'd be circumstances where that's quite appropriate. You know, and, so, uh, and sometimes it's good, right? Yeah. So, so my sale for the developer mm. from five sales ago, mm. that was an off-market sale. Mm. The developer actually approached me and said, hey, Andrew, can you go knock on this door? I went, right, I know where is. I'll mm. go see if they're interested. Yeah. He offered an outlandish number, like outlandish yeah. right yeah. and we went right oh, well that actually looks yeah. like it's by far yeah. the yeah. best yeah yeah if you're interested take it yeah, yeah. and and <laughs> to give you a guide like houses around that were selling like 700 they paid nine yeah. Yeah. and i was like right oh, well hands down you're not going to run the gamble again going yeah. to market right yeah. Um, not the cost of advertising not the rest to go with correct it. the yeah. two or three thousand and that comes with it out on the 900 and only yeah. Seven hundred. Yeah. yeah, that that's yeah. it, and um, yeah, the reality is, with a family home, you might not do that because, again, that tailors to a broader market. Yeah. You want to take it to everyone. You want to make sure that they like it, yeah. um, and if they do, they'll pay the best price. You'll you'll find your buyer that way. That's yeah. so that's generally the best way to go. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, you, you, know, yeah. you just don't know that unless you talk to someone that's actually mm-hmm. in, you know in the game. As we tend to do, we've actually moved away from the original topic, which is what's the market doing? And then we moved into other, other realms. <laughs> right, right. And I've got another question on yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah, sure, sure. You, talk, you talked about you know, pricing and, um, and and selling you know, for, the, for the right price. How, what, what different styles of selling are there now? So a few years ago, it used to be you know, offers above. You know, I don't mm-hmm. think that's even allowed anymore. Um, and then yeah, you got auction and whatever. So what are the different styles that um, that people use now to sell property? So so there's quite a bit, but I'm going to break mm-hmm. it down simply. Mm-hmm. So there's no price methods, mm-hmm. which is auction, expressions of interest, contact agent, mm-hmm. that style. Yeah. Um, some of those will actually rely on a deadline-based sale. Um, so when you think auction, there's normally a date for the auction, mm-hmm. um, at which point they're either looking for a buyer before at the date yep. or after. That occurs with expressions of interest as well. Um, contact agents are a little bit different. What they're trying to do is not pigeonhole the property into a certain price point. Yeah. Um, they will normally, if you call them, will probably leave the price pretty broad. Um, yeah. It's actually very similar to what I did with the one at Yorston Street, not too far away yeah. from yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what you're looking to do is actually fish for offers and, and mm. see what's physically out there before making a decision on exactly what you think what it might be price? worth, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, the other options, you can't do offers over anymore. Um, so offers over is actually banned um, by Department of Fair Trading. So, that, so for clarification, <laughs> that's where it, come, it would come on and it would say offers over 900000 Yep. Um, what did that mean? Um, it was ambiguous yeah, yeah, and that yeah. was the problem. Mm. So a lot of buyers complained that it wasn't accurate or, or giving a clear directive mm. on where it might be. Now, yeah. the thing is the market prices it anyway, right? It's Absolutely. meant to be a, yeah, yeah. a, a free market. So yeah. I don't necessarily agree it mm. was unfair, but when the ranges were so... Very... So far yeah. lower than their expectations, I did mm. have a problem with that. Yeah, so yeah. that that was the issue I kind of had yeah. with it. So, so yeah. potentially getting people in who you know uh, not willing to 
pay the price that it's going for and are potentially pushed, not pushed, but they will, you know, they go into a sale that, that they may not be geared up for. Correct, yeah. correct. And, so, and sometimes you see it, so, some people are still running similar methods at the moment. They just run it with auction and mm-hmm. generally they'll run a, a, light, a real light guide on it. And you can normally tell if yeah. for any educated buyer, all you do, they just jump onto the sold search and have a look at similar properties yeah. that have sold. Don't make a decision based on what's written on the thing and mm-hmm. go, right, does this seem reasonably fair? Mm-hmm. And then you can sort of make a decision from there. Yeah. So that's probably easiest. Yeah. yeah. And quite often now you see the, the buyer range or the, the price range in it between X and X, X and Y. Yeah, so, so you don't see a lot of fixed price these mm-hmm. days, but you do see range. Now, the reason why they do the range is it's meant to be a more balanced version of offers over. Yeah. Um, it's meant to say, hey, if it gets yeah. to here, that's, yeah. that's kind of where it's at. Yeah. Um, we will take that if it gets to this point now. Um, yeah, it's one of those things where there's no hard and fast rule. Again, an, an owner can turn around at any point and say, well, no, I'm not taking yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not taking it. Until a contract's signed, you can never secure. Yeah. But it's one of those things that's meant to give you a better guide. A better idea. But I guess, I guess in the hot market, the properties quite often will sell above the range. You know? Yeah, and, and this is the thing, right? So depending on what style you're going, so my, my method's changed a lot this year to actually reflect no price range uh, rather than the years before where I was trying to be a little bit more buyer-friendly. Mm. I'd run a range or, you know, something Even like that to try and incite yeah. some some momentum in the mm. market so with where we're at at this stage again you're seeing a lot of auctions you go you go onto the web pages today around here a lot of auction a lot of expressions of interest a lot of no price a lot mm. of contact agent yeah, that's yeah. pretty much it and yeah. the reason for it is the realistically we don't know where it's going to end up at mm. the moment it just yeah. just yeah. wants to run so yeah gee we do vary from our topic don't we as we go through these things <laughs> but right. um, that's good um I've got one final question because mm-hmm. we're almost out of time. Um, how? Give us some tips on how a seller would choose an agent. Yep, so there's an old saying that you shouldn't choose your agent on price. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, some sellers do like to do that. Yeah, uh, yeah. So the person that quotes you the highest number isn't necessarily your best choice. The person that has the lowest fee isn't necessarily your best choice. I would recommend you look at it holistically if you were acting as a seller and going, right, I will. How does he cover off on these things that I think are important? How does he cover off on negotiation? How is he with communication? Um, You know, how transparent are they or, or from what you can tell, how transparent are they? Um, what sort of results do they have locally? Um, gives you a bit of a guide on where they're at and, and how close they might be on price. Um, how you get along with them is one yeah. as well. Um, and what do we call that policy statement? <laughs> well, I can't say it. You, you say it. The no dickhead policy. <laughs> <laughs> right. You can bleep me. Yeah. That's right, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't have on, the mate. technology to do that. Yeah. Don't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this yeah. is a top end podcast, mate. Don't be like that. And um, yeah, I mean, that's the main thing. So if you look at those things, again, negotiation, communication, transparency, um, you know, how, how they market is another important aspect at the moment. One of the most important, you've got to look at how deep they go. Um, and then look at all those things combined and make a decision. But you don't just hire someone because they're the local agent, right? Mm. If they're a local agent and a 
D head. Yeah. yeah. I believe it's myself. Sorry, yeah, guys. Yeah. Um, then you wouldn't go with them, right? Yep. It's just going to turn into an absolute nightmare. You know, you might have challenges mm. or difficulties yeah, with yeah. them, and mm. you might not sell. Um, you go with a guy that gives you the highest price. Well, that's all well and fine, but if the mm. price comes down two hundred, then mm. it's not the best price. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's yeah, not, yeah. Or, or it's not a, yeah, yeah. it's not a reflective price. You know, so yeah. there's things to consider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I often find people telling me that uh, they didn't choose the, the agent with, who comes in with the highest price because they don't trust. Um, they don't trust in that. Um, it's good. It's changed. Yeah, 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 that's good. <laughs> okay, so we're, we're going to wind up because we've been going for about 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, time flies when you're having fun. Um, we will put a link to uh, your Facebook profile mm-hmm. and um, your website, mm-hmm. um, that career property. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll put that in the in the notes, and uh, obviously we can't make any recommendations as to which agents anyone should use. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, if, if people are looking to to, uh, to list a property in the local market, then um, yeah, give Andrew a bit of a, a call. Yeah, just yeah. have a discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's no obligation to have no. a discussion, is there? Very good. All right. Well, thanks very much again for joining us, mate. It's really good to catch up with you yeah. each time, and we'll schedule yeah, we'll schedule in again for next year. I think. Sounds good. Um, yeah. If you're up for it, yeah, get an update. Um, thanks again for joining me, Luke. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're always a pleasure. <laughs> um, so yeah. Until next time. Thanks very much. Thanks, guys. Thank you.